Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, October 1st, and that means today's episode is the core four discussion for the upcoming week four DFS slate. Before we get to the good stuff, you guys know the drill. Follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast feed And please actually go to Apple Podcasts and drop a written review in that app, please. I'm going to offer a slight bonus to anyone who leaves a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you submit a written review and then you DM me on Twitter, I will give you two more players from my lineup this week or that week whenever you get it done. And you can ask me for whichever positions you want. The last thing before DFS talk, if you play fantasy basketball, go to sportsethos.com and check out the Brewski 150 rankings. I've been talking about these rankings for the past two weeks. They are the best in the business. They are about to drop next week. Brew set the industry standard for going 150 deep in basketball ranks. And every year, the Brew crew players are league winners and cash big. So if you play fantasy basketball, go ahead, go to sportsethos.com and check out the Brewski 150. All right, should we start this show with betting today or DFS talk? I think the Thursday show, we always start with betting, so Saturdays I will do the DFS core four first, and then segue on, and if you guys are gamblers, you can stick around for the gambling discussion. So, guys, core four this week includes three pretty easy names to guess, and one left field out of nowhere. Let's start with the three easy ones. The first guy to join the core four for week four is Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions running back at 6,100. It is a bit of a chalk play, but this guy is going to get high volume. He is going to get pass catching work. He is going to get the goal line work. The Lions play at home. They play against the Seahawks and they have a stout offensive line. Those Lions. I love it. And Jamal Williams, like I discussed on Thursday, is easily core for week four. The second and third players to enter my core for this week are the stack coming from the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. I've been riding these guys all season long, and I will continue to do so in week four. Jalen Hurts, his rushing volume is just so elite, and A.J. Brown's target share is also incredibly safe and high upside. They play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've seen the total in this game tick up a bit. We know the Jaguars' offense is pretty competent, so we expect this to be a shootout, a keep-the-ball-moving game. We are in Philadelphia. I love Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. They are core and will be in every lineup of mine this weekend. Now, for the surprising one. I didn't mention this guy's name at all this week, and I've probably barely mentioned him over the first four weeks of the podcast, but scouring the price tags and realizing this guy's game situation and target share, I feel the value looms very large. It's Deontay Johnson, wide receiver, Steelers, $6,000. He has over 30 targets through three games, and they play the Jets at home this week. The game is ticking up in its total. I love that for core players. Zach Wilson is returning for the Jets, 
which I ultimately think is more possession time for the Steelers. Deontay should be safe with high upside. And again, I'm playing him in the core and in every lineup at his $6,000 price tag. That makes the core four for this week. Jamal Williams, Deontay Johnson, Hertz, and A.J. Brown. Now, if you follow that core, I just spent a good bit of your money. Those are some pretty high-priced players for the four players that I'm giving out. However, those are the guys that are in every single lineup of mine this week. I have two or three lineups going. There are a few different pivot points in different spots. Those are the guys that I am sticking with throughout. So those are my core four this week. And the value options is where I'm making my pivots. Now, again, I'm going to offer the bonus. If you leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and then DM me on Twitter at mfiddle14, you can ask me any position player you want, and I will tell you who I am playing for this week. I will keep this thing going for a few weeks to try and spike up some Apple Podcast written reviews. All right, let's talk about some betting information for week four. This is definitely a lower exposure week for me. I only have 6.8 units total in play, as opposed to last week was 13.8. The week before was 19.9. The week before that, week one, was about 14 itself. This is a much reduced week for me, simply because I could not get the best of the CLV the better lines, and the numbers that I wanted. So instead of reaching for plays, I am just staying with the plays that I like, not overly increasing my exposure, and keeping it as a lower-risk Sunday. So let's review some of these spots, review some of the spaces where I kind of got screwed in terms of CLV and injuries, and uh, what my confident bets are going into this weekend. Let's start with the CLV injury talk. You know, you guys know I make bets on Sunday the week before. I watch the games. I generally know who got hurt. But injury news continues to trickle out over the course of the week. For example, in the Lions game, I had the Lions at minus 5.5. And I've taken that bet over a week ago. Before the Lions game started in week three, I already had a bet on the Lions in week four. I knew that there was sharp action on the Lions in week three, and I knew if that situation was to come to fruition, there would be look-ahead movement to the following week, and I was getting ahead of that as well. This is something I do very often, but in football, which is a physical sport and it's also a game of attrition and who can stay healthy over the course of 17 weeks, this one kind of bit me a little bit. I did not know that Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown were going to be ruled out, and the Seahawks now are plus 3.5, Lions minus 3.5, so I have a negative two ticket of CLV. However, because we know three and six are the key numbers in these spots, going from 5.5 to 3.5 isn't as big of a deal as if, even if it went from you know 3.5 to 2.5 and got half the amount of total CLV loss, but over a key number. The other game that kind of screwed me a bit in CLV was the Browns minus 2.5 ticket that I was on before Miles Garrett unfortunately got into a car accident. He is okay. He is questionable to play, though. We don't know if he's actually going to suit up so soon after being in a car that flipped over multiple times. And he is their best player, and he is their best defensive player, and I am on the Falcons-Browns under, and I am on the Browns minus 2.5 because they are in a great spot against the Falcons, 
who are in a pretty tough travel position coming off two weeks on the West Coast. That ticket's now at minus 1.5. Again, it has not cleared a major key number. Two is not a key number in football spreads, so I don't mind holding on to this ticket. However, it is not great comparatively to when I put this ticket in last week. The two spots that I'm really comfortable with this week are playing the Bucks minus one and the 49ers minus two. Now that I'm looking at this slate, I'm actually on all favorites this week. This might be the week of the favorite, but the Bucks minus one playing at home. The Chiefs, I think, are an overrated team by the public. I think people are overreacting to Brady not performing great to start the season. The Bucs have a solid home field advantage because we know Florida presents heat and humidity for incoming teams. We know Brady and the Bucs have an incredibly stout defense, a great run ba- running game, and he's getting his passing game weapons returning this week. Godwin should be playing. Mike Evans is definitely playing. Brady will have his key targets back on the field. So I really like the Bucs minus one. And the other game is 49ers minus two. We are home for the 49ers. They have a great home field advantage. And historically, Shanahan dominates McVay. So I'm going back to the well with this one. We know the Sharps are consistently fading the Rams. So I will back the 49ers again. I think last week with Jimmy G running out of the back of the end zone and losing by one point because of that safety was a bit of a fluke. I like riding the 49ers for the next few weeks. I think they're an undervalued team. I think they're going to start to right the ship. I think Kittle is now healthy. I think Jimmy G is back on the field and getting in practice time with his guys. And the 49ers are going to be a team that starts to take off. So Bucks minus one, 49ers minus two are my most confident bets. Lions minus five, Browns minus 2.5 are the two spots that I'm still okay with, but lost value because of the injury situation. And I'm also on Falcons-Browns under 47.5, Bucks-Chiefs under 45.5, and Traylon Burks wide receiver for the Titans over 37.5 yards as a prop. Very small quarter unit play on that. All my bets on this spread are full units. All my bets on the totals are half units. And again, like I said, the prop is only a quarter unit. I have 6.8 units going this week. We have already gone one for one with the Bengals winning on Thursday night, and we will hope to keep that rolling into Sunday. Find me tomorrow on the Sports Ethos Live YouTube stream. If you come to the YouTube stream, I will give out one more core key player. So you will have a fifth player in my core, and then you could write a written review and get two more, and you could have seven out of eight of my lineup. In fact, at that point, I'll just give you all eight. So... Come write a written review for me. Check me out on the Sports Ethos Live YouTube stream. Follow me on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Follow me on these bets. And let's win some money. Let's go. Week four is here. As always, peace out.